Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Realtor Nation podcast with Ian Hoover. I am not Ian Hoover. Today, Ian Hoover is actually our special guest. My name is Adam Daly. Uh, I also host Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon and Alex Deacon's Property Management Series podcast that you can also find uh, wherever you you are listening to this podcast as well. Uh, But we wanted to do a little role reversal this week. Uh, you know, Ian is here every episode interviewing other real estate professionals, uh, and we decided, you know what, maybe it's time to get to know Ian a little bit. Uh, he's the one usually softballing questions. Let's bring him in and get to know the host a little bit better. So, first and foremost, Ian, how are you doing today, good sir? Not too bad. Yourself? I'm doing well. Did you like your little intro there? Yeah, I like it a lot, although I don't know who would want to get to know me, but that's all right. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people. And listen, let's get this out there, guys. The reason why we do this is we are very excited uh, to bring you this podcast uh, when we can. We try to get guests as much as possible, but uh, we do this so that at the Realtor Nation, uh, we help you. Our main goal is to help you improve your business. You're listening to professionals. You're not listening to hacks that are just reading off of a script. You're listening to professionals talk about personal experiences, their successes, their failures, what works for them, what does not work for them. Uh, we look at this as one of our most valuable uh, assets here, uh, and we really hope you enjoy this episode as we get to kind of flip the script, so to speak, uh, and put Ian in the hot seat for a change. A little different. How's it feel? Feels different. Feels different. All right, so <laughs> let's you know, Ian. Let's uh, let's first and foremost let's start off. Where can people find you on social media? You don't plug your social media stuff enough, so let's get that going. Where can the good folks listening at home find you? Yes, uh, I'm sorry I don't plug enough. Uh, Ian S. Hoover on Twitter, yes, uh, Ian S. Hoover on Facebook, Ian S. Hoover on uh, Instagram, I guess would be the, the three. And then if, uh, Bigger Pockets, you can just find me by my name, Ian Hoover, if you're on Bigger Pockets. Now, Ian, you right now you are the co owner and the broker of record for Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors here in Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Correct. Western Pennsylvania area. Um, and we've recently just branched out onto a second office. Yes, we acquired another small brokerage, uh, which we're very excited about. It's going to come with another six agents or so, plus another couple we have committed from other companies to join that office. So uh, probably by the end of May, we'll have another 10 agent plus office um, under our branch. So what you're saying is you're a very busy man. Uh, yeah, especially uh, when I lose a key member of our team. Uh <laughs> Last week, and I worked 15 hour days all week, so yeah. Yes, and with that being said, obviously, we thank you for taking time out of your day to record this podcast. Uh, you know, you're always taking time out to record other people. Um, I've been admittedly, everyone listening at home, I've been on him for a while that we need to do one where we interview you, we need to interview you, and there's never been enough time. So finally, I was able to steal him away for about 45 minutes, and we're going to cram as much info in as possible because this man's story is one that you, you everyone should hear. And this is a, 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 you know, I hate to use the term rags to riches, it's overused. However, I feel as though this is, uh, Ian is the perfect example of somebody who uh, just embodies the, 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 the hustle aspect, of, the hustle mindset that uh, if you think it, you can do it. And this is why I really wanted to dig into, so we can pick Ian's brain a little bit versus him picking other people's brains. So Ian, let's start, let's start at the beginning, man. When you and I have, and, and, and we'll break the fourth wall a little bit now, you and I have known each other for about 10 years now. Yeah. Uh, it's, we met in 2009. Uh, so we've, we've gotten to know each other for, and, and just like all business people and all people that are motivated, I mean, we, we butted heads till we realized we were more alike than we were uh, different. And we've been, you know, extremely close ever since. So I know the story. Some people out there do not know the story. Talk to us from the beginning. You know, what were you doing when you decided you wanted to get into real estate? Like, what what was your mindset of okay, you know what, this is a path that I want to take. 
so when I was 17, uh, my brother and uh, one of my good friends uh, both were, were telling me I needed to read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which a couple people mentioned on the show that it's been the thing that got them into real estate. Uh, and I would say that that book definitely got me thinking about real estate uh, more on an investment side of things. And that's than Robert Kiyosaki's book. Robert Kiyosaki, yeah. Uh, so that got me intrigued in real estate. And then I've been in sales you know, pretty much since I was 12 with my paper out. I went door to door, you know, selling newspaper subscriptions uh, when I was when I was 11 and 12 years old. So then we used to get a quarter tip and we were like, yeah, they gave us a quarter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the tips were big time, man. Uh, so, and then, you know, Best Buy at 16, uh, you know, and then got into the wireless business and that's where you and I met. Mm-hmm. Um, I was struggling in the wireless business for many years, uh, you know, I, I think... Uh, we we did some good things there, but it's it's just an industry that's very um, very hard on its employees, and it takes a big toll on you over the period of time that you're there. It's not very fulfilling either. At the end of the day, no, it's a lot of this is what you're doing wrong, and not a lot of what you're doing right. Correct, so. correct. Um, now, so when did you really start dipping your toes into the real estate side of things? Like around what year? So um, probably right around the time that you and I met, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was a lot of talks about mergers with like AT and T and all that, and yeah. uh, so I, I got my real estate license, and uh, I figured it was perfect. I get laid off and go start my career in real estate, and then of course, you know, what happened? We the merger never happened. Uh, I think we all got a couple hundred bucks for sticking around or something like that, and. Uh, it was back to business as I think normal. You got a sticker. You got a sticker. Like here you go. Congrats. It was a sticker that was on top of a pin. Here's a sucker. <laughs> yeah. A sucker for your yeah. Time. Read between the lines. Uh, so then I decided, you know what? I'm still going to do the real estate thing, and I I demoted myself uh, to a part time sales rep, and uh, not long, not much longer after that, I got uh, fired for doing an unauthorized discount, and uh, I was like, well, no better time than now, and and uh, I had already met my. My mentor and was working with him at the time, which is my partner now, Alex Deacon, and he showed me the way. And I just said, you know what, I'm not going to fail, and I just put my head down and grinded. Now, what the one thing that that I would want to ask you because you were very successful in you you were very successful in the phone company that we won't mention that that you know we both worked at. Um, I mean, you were in the top salesman in the country. I mean, you and consistently all the time. I mean, your your work ethic was impeccable, and. What would make you leave when knowing that you have success? Obviously, you know I heard your your you know the struggles of it. But what would make you want to leave to go something that completely unknown? You know, knowing that you know it could be high risk, you know, or high risk, high reward, but at the same time have the confidence to know you know what I can do this. Well, I think there was always a little bit of me that wanted to own my own business, mm-hmm. and you know, so there's a little bit of that when you start a real estate career because you don't really have a boss. You know, you have a broker, but that broker can't really tell you you have to show up from nine to five. So there's a little bit of that to it. But um, you know, when it comes to the wireless industry, I I actually sat down with uh, our, our boss at the time when I demoted myself, and I said, "How long is it going to take for me to get to the next level?" and he looked me in the eyes and he said, uh, it's probably going to be at least three to five years. And I was like, I'm not willing to commit three to five more years, so I'm demoting myself. Right. And I made the decision. If he told me more than a year, I was demoting myself right then and there. And, and I did. And, uh, you know, it, again, it, in the long the long game, it's been the best decision I ever made. So. Short struggles definitely are worth it for long-term gain. Absolutely. And I think that the one thing that we're going to hear from you, because I know that you are a very – 
uh, goal-oriented man that game plans before you know game plans those goals and envisions those goals. I have a feeling we're going to be touching upon that a couple different times during this podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm all about goals. You have to know what you're shooting for. Even if you don't achieve those goals, you're going to get a lot closer if you actually have a goal to achieve. And then when you do achieve a goal, it feels great. It feels mm-hmm. like you're you did something successfully, and now you know to set a higher goal next time. What would you say to people that that? or either, you know, want to start in real estate just fresh out of either high school, college, you know, whatever the case may be. Maybe just, you know, maybe they're in, like me, maybe they're they're mid-30s and they just decided, and I use mid-30s very loosely there, Um, (laughs) I'm using that very liberally, Um, but, you know, maybe it's somebody that's just looking for a career change later on. What's what's the big drawback that, you know, because there's always a stigma of, well, you know, there's a lot of hustle, there's no real reward, like... I look at the financial freedom side of things and think like that's that's fantastic. Like, what's been the biggest advantage do you think um, breaking out of like say the corporate realm and becoming you know and, and kind of gorging and forging that path rather to financial freedom? Well, I, I would like to say that it's because you get to set your own schedule, but you really don't. I mean, you're working around your client's schedule, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, yes, you can schedule some family time or whatever, but. Uh, for the most part, if you're not there and ready and willing to show people houses, you're not going to make any money, right? So uh, I think for me, the, the benefit was that I could build something and uh, build something that maybe someday I could turn around and have my kids involved with or have my, my buddies involved with or whatever the situation is. And like, you know, the fact that I have, uh, you know, some of my, my, my boys working with me now with you and Sean and Adam and... Uh, guys that I've cared about for a long time are, are with me now. Like, oh, you did it. I'm going to do it now. You know, it's it's great. Um, and uh, I think that that's it's rewarding just to see that not only did I do it, but now I have some people I care about a lot that follow me, and we're we're going to build something special. And that's really what it's all about because it's definitely not, oh, I'm going to work less or no, no. <laughs> that is not part of it. Trust me. I always, I always love when I hear, oh, what do you really do? You work on your couch. And it's like, yeah, but I work on my couch 12 hours a day. Right. You're standing folding clothes for six and you're talking for two. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's call it like it is. Um, you know, now one thing that, you know, a lot of people might be interested in real estate and, you know, they might be listening to this saying, you know what, I'm in that same position. I'm fried at my job. I've been in sales 15 years. I'm at my wits end. I don't know where to go. You can insert whatever industry you're in, you know, put it right there. Customer service. Um, you know, you could be, you could be anywhere in a service industry. What do you think? I mean, it really doesn't take much to become a realtor. However, it you know there is a curve. What do you think people should know about the financial industry? Um, maybe just the, the real estate side of things. You know, the the things that are most concerning that people would be like, ah, I don't, you know, that's that's the risk I don't want to take. What what's the biggest obstacles do you think that people see that aren't really obstacles? Well, probably the biggest obstacle is that you're going from having a a consistent paycheck mm-hmm. and probably benefits and a lot of great things there. Um, to just having nothing and and you know you have to definitely plan that out i definitely don't recommend just saying i'm quitting my job and starting real estate you got to have some savings uh, because it's going to take you a while to break it in that's why i i wanted to do this podcast is because there's so many people that get in and fail and it's like why do they fail let's search that out like what does it take to get to the point where you can at least make a decent living uh doing real estate Mm -hmm. so um, you know, I think that that's, that's a huge part. The other part is, is you just have to, you have to work. You got to be willing to work hard, work long hours, type up contracts at, yep. at 1 a.m. in the morning when yep. that's the only time you can do it. Um, you, you just have to be willing to put your head down, work hard, and, and uh, try and be as successful as possible. 
Now, what what would you also say as far as branching over into real estate? Um, the work ethic has to be there. You have to be structured. You have to be self-disciplined. Um, I would also say that networking is imperative. I am not on the real estate side of things, however. I'm going to softball that one to you. How important is networking in the real estate side of things? Networking is everything. I mean, uh, in this business, it's a relationship business. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, if you really want to build a business to where you're getting referrals, which is really what our business is all about, you have to build those relationships. Because if if you're going to just make cold calls your whole life, that's going to get draining. Just like in any job, it's going to get hard. So... Uh, you're going to have to do that at first. So I always preach, like, go make those expired listing calls. Go do for sale by owners. Uh, you know, go work that business to build your business. But once your business is built and you've serviced so many clients, and then those clients start referring you, and then you have an attorney who refers you, and you have a CPA who refers you, next thing you know, you start realizing, like, wow, I'm not even really going and soliciting business anymore. I'm now getting business contacting right. me enough to make a living if I really just want to sit back and take the foot off the gas I could work my book of business uh, and, and just have a normal life essentially and, and I do think success is very objective to the person you know some people it, it is very money driven some people just want to be comfortable have that you know and I think the beautiful part about real estate is that you get to choose what success truly means to you you can chase you, you, can, you can chase whatever dream that you possibly want um, one thing that I want I want to go back a second though you said something about you know, most people that get into this, I think you said about 90% of people that start in real estate, uh, they end up failing within their first year, correct? Uh, the NAR statistic is 87% of agents fail by the five-year mark. Okay. Um, so, But once you hit that five-year mark, then 90% of them stick around for 20-plus years of a career. So, okay. What do you think some of the, you know, because you mentioned uh, you see people, you know, they come in and they, they, they fail quickly. What are some of the biggest ways that people fail and that that's why they get out so early? And name me a failure that you've had in real estate but was maybe one of the greatest learning experiences to help you to get to as, to be as successful as you are today. Well, uh, the first part of your question is uh, why uh, do people fail? And I think it's different with everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's work ethic. Sometimes because they, they thought it was going to be easy and it's not. I mean, you watch you know HGTV and you show three houses and you sell a million dollar house. Well, at least in our market in Pittsburgh, it doesn't work like that. Um, you're definitely showing 40 houses to sell a $150,000 house. A little bit different. Um, and it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of grind, but can be very rewarding. Um, you know, but some people, uh, like I use Sean as an example a lot. Um, he's got a, a huge family in, in town and he's got a lot of friends in town and he's got a sphere of influence that he can build off of. I did not. I came from, you know, I've been all over. I've lived in Phoenix. I've lived in Erie. I've lived, uh, all over the country. And I, the only friends I have here are people that I've met like you, mm -hmm. uh, since I've been here. And, uh, that made it more difficult because then I had to build relationships. I had to build more relationships than, uh, somebody like Sean would. Uh, but it's still not easy for somebody like Sean. You right. still got to, you know, tell your sphere that you're good enough to sell houses even right off the bat. So it's just, uh, you know, again, building relationships and, and really trying to get off the ground. When it comes to me, the biggest mistake I made to my career was the first company that I decided to work with. Uh, I won't name any names, but um, I just thought that it sounded like it was good. They had a training program like right in the branch. Um, I liked my office manager. She was a sweet lady. And I thought it was a good fit for me. But then once I got there, within a week of me getting my license, 
uh, they moved the training to the North Hills, and it was an hour each way to train, which I didn't really have right. the time anyways. Right. Uh, and then I found out my office manager uh, had spent the last, like, 12 years in HR, and she didn't even know how to do today's business, you know, the wow. way that it's okay. done today. So, like, I got to ask her, like, how do I go get business? And she'd say, oh, go sit in on other agents' open houses. Okay, well, you may eventually get business doing that, but I did, like, 30-some open houses, and I didn't get any business. I got one lady, and she, like, broke her leg and lost her job, and then I never sold her a house. Um, and she didn't even give me tips on how to do an open house successfully, right? So, um, you know, she'd tell me what to do, but then not how to do it. And she didn't know how to do it was part of the problem. Um, so it w really wasn't until I met Alex that my, my career took off, and it was really just Alex just had to show me, here's the couple of things you got to do, and then I did them, you know. And then uh, once you know what you're doing and – and you have the motivation to get up every day and make 100 sales calls and whatever you have to do, that's when your career takes off. But you have to choose the right brokerage. Well, and, you know, you, you kind of grazed upon, you know, you kind of look at what you do, do during the day. And sometimes you're up till 1 o'clock in the morning doing contracts and things like that. What would you kind of outline your day? Now, now I'm, I'm kind of skipping the in-between because, you know, we, we kind of touched upon the early beginnings. And we're going to get back to the in-between. But where you are at right now as co-owner and broker of record of Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors – Give us an example of what a, a day in the life of Ian S. Hoover is. So a day in the life of me is... Uh, I, I, Other than watching Cowboys Dirt Sheets, because <laughs> we could skip over that this week. Uh, go Cowboys, <laughs> go Cowboys. Uh, no, so uh, a day in the life of me is I, I, I'm really trying hard to make myself a morning person. Um, probably about a year ago, I had a bad doctor's appointment that uh, my doctor told me that if I didn't start making changes, I was going to have diabetic issues in the next 10 years and stuff like that, so... I started making some changes. I'm trying to eat better, uh, but more than anything, I'm trying to get to the gym every morning. Uh, so I wake up usually somewhere between uh, 4.30 in the morning and 5.30 in the morning to get to the gym, uh, work out for an hour or two, uh, depending on what day it is and what my schedule looks like, uh, get to the office. Uh, I, at least I hope I get to the office uh, to catch up on some emailing, figure out my day and then my my days are pretty mixed i mean appointments on and off uh till you know usually at least four or five o'clock and you know two nights a week i try and get home at a decent hour to spend some time with my kids and the rest of the nights i, I might get home at seven o'clock i might get home at nine o'clock or heck uh, i think what was it two weeks ago i had a night where i got home at 2 a.m in the morning and my wife was pretty pissed off at me but i went to a networking event uh, and I ran into some agents, and then I started buying those agents beers, and uh, one thing led to another. As always. Last call, and I'm buying another round of beers, and uh, I, I think I might have a recruit or two out of that, so it, it might work out. But my wife wasn't happy, but hey, you know, business. <laughs> She's here like, but hey, business is business. Business is business. Business is business. Um, so how do you know, I mean, and this is going to be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shape this question a little bit differently. Over the the experience that you've had, you know, because now I'm kind of jumping around to where we're going to bring things together later on. You know, you've talked about your day, going going to see what you have on your plate, how you open your day, which I think that's important to get into into a routine. Set a routine and then you will become better. You know, that's one thing that I think is important. Uh, on the flip side of it, um, you're at a, at a stage now, like you just said, you know, net, yours is more networking with people, stuff like that. Um, but you were at a, at a phase in your life where you really had to look for those deals. You kind of grazed upon that, um, you know, whether it was, you know, because there wasn't that many people from the area that you knew. Correct. Now, it's a two and two double-ended question again. One, uh, what's your best recommendations for people that are still, you know, for the agents, the men and women that are out there, they're still uh, maybe just starting up, having trouble finding leads. 
Um, what's your best advice to them? And I want to follow that up with not really having that established network here in Pittsburgh already. Do you think that enabled you to, um, in some ca- in some capacity, forced you to come out of your own personal bu- uh, box and bubble, so to speak, and and be better at networking, uh, be better at talking to people, um, feel more comfortable and confident presenting yourself to other people versus where you typically grow up in the same area. You know, all you, everyone, you know, I grew up in Hopewell Township. Everybody knows everybody. You don't really have to, I mean, there's no, every, it's everybody's already networked, you know. Um, it's not as difficult as somebody like yourself that came from, you know, all across the country and, and kind of transplanted here. Um, so, you know, I guess part B would be, did that help you build confidence or do you feel like it maybe held you back a little bit? Or, and, and the first end of that is leads. And I think these two questions you know, kind of connect together. So you can answer them in, in, in either order that you choose. Uh, leads, uh, if I was starting a brand new business today, uh, I would be calling expired listings every morning. Um, it's just the easiest way to pick up quick business that's going to close and put cash in your pocket. Plus, you get you know, listings bring buyers, so you're going to get some buyer leads off of those too. Uh, and then I would I would join a category specific networking group like a BNI where you're meeting on a consistent basis, hopefully at least once per week, uh, and you're you're building relationships with other successful people who want to refer you because uh, BNI is a culture where uh, you're rewarded for referring business. So uh, the attorney in the group is going to get a pat on the back for sending you a, a lead, uh, and they're going to get what's called thank you for closed business, where they get recognized for giving so much business within the chapter. And it really creates a, a culture of, of feeding each other business, which is a beautiful thing. So I would get into a category-specific networking group, and I would make my, my expired listing calls every day. Those are the two things I would focus on. When it comes to the confidence side, I think that um, the confidence comes with once you do a couple of deals. The more you do, the more you know, the more confident you'll be. Um, and then you know when you're making those expired listing calls, you can have the confidence to tell that person, like, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that's going to sell your house. The other agent you had was, you know, they didn't do their job for whatever reason. Uh, I'm going to come in there and tell you what we need to do to get your house sold, and I'm going to be realistic with you. You know, and then it's a tough conversation to have. Sometimes you got to tell people that their their house stinks. Mm-hmm. That's a tough conversation to have. Oh, hey, your pet that's you know pissing all over the house. You got to get rid of them mm-hmm. for a while so I can sell your house. Right, right. Put them at mom and dad's house. Put right. them wherever. Uh, these knickknacks, oh yeah, they're beautiful. Put, pack them up, put them in a box, yep. you know? Because yep. uh, you have to be realistic with people uh, and, and you have to help them sell their house. And then most of the time, the, it's pre- price and presentation are the two things that sell a house. So, uh, you know, if there was horrible pictures or, um, you know, if the curb appeal wasn't good enough or whatever the situation is and then the price isn't, isn't there, the house isn't going to sell. So if you can nail those couple of things down, You'll be very successful, but the confidence comes from doing the business. The more business you do, the more confidence you're going to get. And then when you're sitting in front of a, an important lead, you'll have the confidence to say, "Hey, I'm I'm the guy. I'm your guy." See, I would think I actually the reason why I asked that question is I, I I would think that going into somewhere you kind of did get thrown to the wolves of really knowing nobody and really building your own brand yourself. You know, and, whereas a lot of people get to open their own brokerage in you know the the township that they grew up in so like i said the networking's already there because that's this person's aunt whose uncle is married to their cousin and you know so you're kind of not really generating you're you're generating business by by um convenience of where you were born you know what i mean right. you have really put your shoes to the you know you, what's the old saying you put your put the rubber to the road or whatever i mean you've done it you've done it and you've done it and, and you have one of the 
a work ethic like I've never seen out of anyone in my life. So, um, and which brings me to the next question. Big saying that you hear a lot is uh, you have to spend money to make money. You hear that everywhere. You know, um, every saying that's out there, I like to twist around. Like I don't believe in the thing. Um, nobody has ever reinvented the wheel. Stop using that. People have been able to twist it and guide it in different directions, but no man or woman in human history has ever reinvented the wheel. The wheel just kind of gets twisted and turned. In your opinion, because I hate the term, it takes money, you know, you have to spend money to make money. What's the best way that you found to generate business on the cheap, i.e. free? Uh, it goes back to expired listings. So the way that I call expired listings is I pull the listings from the MLS every day. Uh, I line those listings up to what's currently on the market to make sure it hasn't been relisted. Uh, this all costs nothing. Um, it literally uh, just is your time. That's what it costs. Uh, and then I use a free app on my phone that I can pull up numbers. Uh, and there might be 10 numbers for each person, and nine of those numbers are probably false. Maybe even 10 sometimes are false. Uh, but you find that one right number, uh, and you, you sell them on getting, uh, you know, getting the listing, or at least at the, at the very least getting an appointment. Um, like I just had a guy call me that I did an expired listing with like four years ago, and he chose the wrong agent. It still eventually sold his house. Uh, but he's calling me for the next listing that he wants to do, right? So, because he remembered me, and uh, I haven't talked to the guy in four years, I was pretty shocked, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I literally spend zero money other than maybe gas to get in my car and go to a listing appointment, and uh, you're going to get listings. But there's some other tricks that, that go into that that have worked for me over the years, like. You know, most agents, when they're calling expired listings, what are they going after? They're going after the million-dollar house in Peters Township first, right? When I'm probably going after the $80,000 house in uh, McDonald, PA, because uh, I know that that's the last house that's going to get called on the list, right? right. And I'm going to be the first one to it. So, right. uh, so I've made some adjustments to probably how most people normally do expired listing calls. Instead of being one of 20 that's calling a high-end listing, I'll be the only one calling a lower-end listing, which I'm still going to make a couple grand quickly, maybe get a buyer off of that, make some more money, and, and move on. Good, good. So now, and then we're going to flip it the other direction. You know, that's the best way to generate some, you know, some free business, some free leads, some different things like that. But now on a marketing standpoint, what do you pay for that you feel gives your best return on investment? Well, I've done things like Zillow leads in the past. Uh, I didn't get a whole lot of, from it, to be honest with you, uh, and... I really think that some of what was wrong with me and Zillow leads was my my pro, my picture look made me look like I was twelve years old. And they're probably <laughs> okay. like, I'm not going to click this guy's picture, you know. So you're like, telling me never to shave again is what you're telling. Yeah, me. something like that, okay. you know. And even though I can't grow very good facial hair now, I got one decent photo that makes me look like I'm at least in my twenties now, right? <laughs> uh, so that probably would help if I were to retry like a Zillow lead platform or something like that. But uh, to be honest with you, the best way to spend money in my book. Uh, the best money I've ever spent is hiring somebody like you to assist in building our social uh, media platform that's really getting our branding out there. Uh, now, an agent's branding as well, not just a brokerage, mm -hmm. right? So an agent's building their brand as this is what I'm, I'm bringing to the public, essentially. And they can hire somebody like you, just even if it's a friend that just has some extra time, wants to make some extra money. Uh, that can be the best value add because what it is is it's putting you in front of people more often. Mm -hmm. And even though it might not directly turn into business, 
uh, people are going to say, oh, hey, I saw you, or I saw this that you did, or whatever. It's the visibility. Uh, It's the visibility. And the first thing that happens when you start to actually sell houses and get busy is your social media goes away, your sales calls go away, Mm -hmm. you know, you just start focusing on your pipeline. And that's the emotional roller coaster that we go through is... Uh, and I'm making some weird like hand signals like people can see me but uh, that's the weird uh, feeling that we go through is we build up our pipeline and things are great and then we close on those deals and then we have nothing we have to rebuild it again so it's maintaining it so you gotta hire an assistant you gotta hire a marketing director you gotta Mm -hmm. hire people to help build your business long term I like the term marketing director you've earned that well thank you good sir I'd like to think so I really appreciate it (laughs) Um, let's see. So, you know, and I say our industry because I'm, I'm loosely tied into it, but our industry is changing so much by the day. And I mean, this is, you know, you hear people is freaking out all the time. There's a bubble. There isn't a bubble. There's a bubble. There's a bubble. Um, what do you think our industry will look like in the next 10 years? And I know that's, a, that's a very open-ended question, but as from, I know you're a guy that absolutely always plans minimum five to 10 years ahead of, ahead of where you're currently at. Mm-hmm. So what do you see 10 years from now in, you know, in real estate investing or real estate in, well, I think these technology companies are going to start making a huge impact on us, like uh, you know, like all these iBuyer platforms that was my and next question. Um, you know Zillow and um, yeah, I've heard of you know some of them are trying to do some like Uber esque things in the real estate business to where you know they'll they'll tra- track what agents are in what areas and you know you'll get a lead to go show a house and make a hundred bucks and then if, if it ends up turning into a sale then you you get part of the commission or something like that. Um, but really what we, what we're seeing right now is we're seeing that there's companies out there that are generating leads like Redfin, um, that are, you know, getting a percentage of the commission because leads are everything, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have any leads, then you're not going to get any commission. Right. So, uh, the agents can essentially sit back and kind of be lazier and not go get their own business and have these online platforms taking 20, 30% of their commission, uh, and that's really what's affecting our business now. Uh, from my brokerage standpoint, we're trying to build, as you know, of course, we're trying to build a platform that generates its own leads so that we don't have to give 20 or 30% of, of our business to a Zillow or a Realtor.com, which is really the same company. Um, we, we can keep that in-house and add that profit to the bottom line so that we can go get more leads and you know just keep the lead funnel going. Because everyone, I think, unless and, and if you're listening to this, you've understood this. But I, I just went and I spoke to uh, a bunch of high school kids, and I kept telling them that you know their greatest investment is their, themselves, you know, ultimately. And it sounds like that's kind of the same thing that you're saying right there. You know what I mean? Like someone's greatest investment is themselves. How do you just portray it out to other people? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you you are the investment, and you're investing in yourself by starting your own business and getting into real estate. And, uh, you know, you got to think, why are you selling yourself short? Why are you giving Redfin 30% of your business uh, when you could just maybe spend a couple more minutes on the phone or uh, do something different to uh, go get your own business and keep a larger percentage of the commission? I think, and and this is just us going off the cuff for a second, Um, how much do you think that's tied into a certain mentality of people that (laughs) think that everything should be easy and nothing should be work? And you should be handed everything and, you know, putting in hours at odd times and it, it's just, it's, it's rubbish and they shouldn't do it and punching a clock is so much easier. And like, what would you say to people like that? 
Well, uh, you know, some of our agents obviously are, um, you know, are millennials as, mm-hmm. as I am myself. So I can pick on millennials because... Well, see, I never put an age group on it just because it's, I feel like it's like that with all ages now. Yeah. So that's why I don't pick on a certain... I would admit that maybe... It, maybe a larger percentage of millennials tend to fit that, I, that category. As, as a host of across a lot of platforms, including wrestling, I'm leaving that one alone so I don't lose any <laughs> audience members. Um. Well, um, you know, overall though, like... The, the one thing I get when I sit down and make expired listing calls with an agent or, uh, you know, I, I get a lot of times that they feel like this, you know, this isn't going to work anymore, right? Like a sales call is not what we're, you know, in the days of texting and social mm-hmm. media, a sales call doesn't work anymore. Right. But uh, that's, you know, that's not true. It does work. You just got to, you got to do it. You got to do it consistently, you know. Uh, you know, if you read any kind of marketing uh, books, you know, out there, I've read quite a few of them. Uh, they say it takes at least six months to see if, you know, your return on investment yeah. is worth it, right? Um, so I, I recently, when I started the brokerage, joined back into another category-specific networking group. And uh, for six months, eight months, I was thinking to myself, why am I doing this? Why am I spending the time to go and network with these people? And then out of nowhere, out of the blue... I get, you know, three pretty big leads that end up uh, being like over $20,000 in close commission in a span of like 60 days. Um, and it's because it just took a while. You got to build that up. You got to build the relationship. You, you have process. to do that. You have to trust the process. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're not consistently doing something, if you just say, oh, I'm going to make expired calls once a month, well, then you're only going to get a listing every once every six months from expired listings right so but if you're may i'm going to wake up every day and make these expired listing calls uh you're going to get a couple listings a month probably and once you get good at it you could even turn that into getting maybe 10 20 listings a month just off of expired listings alone so and i think that can be that can be translated into any business or any profession or any anything that you do with your life because it does take time for things to catch on i mean even on the on the marketing side on the internet marketing side that we're doing it really took about six or seven months to notice that, that you know, because, you know, uh, people have to realize it's going on, different things like that. And then once once it clicks, it just takes off usually, you know. And that's the thing is patience, being able to stay the course, trusting the process, knowing you're going to scrape for a little while until you finally can, you know, really start to smell the roses from all the hard work. Absolutely. Now, Mr. Hoover, speaking of hard work, listen, we are, we've already talked about you planning in ad nauseum, and we know that you, you're a planner. Um, I could ask you your five-year plan right now if you'd like to, but I'm going to incorporate two things into it. Um, give me your five-year plan and how important is goal setting? So how important is goal setting to you? And then give us just – you don't have to give us an exact. Just give us, if you, if you want to, a little a little five. What's, what's, what's in the next five years for Ian Hoover? Well, um, goal setting, as I said before, is it's key to me. It's key to keeping me motivated, you know, having posted all over the place. I have uh, – I turned my home office into a whiteboard. Like literally, the walls are just painted with whiteboard mm-hmm. paint, and yep. I'm just writing goals everywhere, and I'm looking at them all the time. Uh, and I have quotes all over it, and um, so that it's it's big to me to, to stay on the goals and, and stay motivated. When it comes to a five year plan, um, I really think that our, our our brokerage, which is my main focus right now, uh, I think we can get to at, at the very least a regional company in the next five years. Um, where maybe we have at least 250 to 500 agents, um, I think we can get there. It's going to take a lot of grinding, a lot of hard work. I'd like to, at the very least, be at 100 agents, um, you know, inside of five years, which we're going to be at 30 uh, in the first like probably 20 months of our of our 
business. So I think that it, it can definitely do that. And we're starting to see – actually, the funny thing is on Facebook the other day, it just blew my mind. Somebody that I kind of know of mm-hmm. but don't really know this person, uh, there was a random post like, who if you got your license tomorrow, who would you hang your, your license with? And they said Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors. And like – they don't have any specific ties to us. I don't know really. I know of the person, but I never met the person. That's and and he awesome. just tagged our company. And it's like, well, we must be doing something right. right? Something so, right is happening. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to share all of our internal strategies no. uh, to the public. But uh, I feel like we're doing some creative things that once the, the, the rest of the competition realizes what we're doing, it's going to be too late for them to catch up. And then, uh, you know, once we get to 100 agents, I think it'll be all downhill from there. Um, but yeah, I'd like to build something that, uh, is, is special and that kind of shakes up the industry a little bit. And that's kind of my, my broad five-year plan. I have a lot of other little goals, uh, you know, with like real estate investing and, uh, development and traveling and some other stuff. But, uh, for the most part, my, my biggest goal is just building this brokerage up, um, you know, to a point where, you know, the other companies start to maybe, Maybe start swatting at us at the uh, very least. I want them to to be like, oh, that's the flea on my shoulder right there. Let me let me. I guess like we, that it's thing, it's not know? that we're reinventing the wheel. We're just slightly tilting the wheel a little bit. Yeah. So we're moving the wheel. That's all. That's hey, all. Uh, if you look at uh, Facebook, for it's instance, they weren't the first one to the table, but they they just made some slight modifications and had more motivation or whatever the deal was. Yeah, spot on. Moving on. Um, <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm kidding around, guys. Um, all right, so listen, let's, one important question that I want to make sure we get to, then we're going to get some, to some fun questions. Um, you've already hinted upon this. We know that Alex Deacon was a big mentor to you. Mm-hmm. Um, how did he help you, and what does Alex Deacon mean to you? Um, well, Alex and I kind of have a, a very unique relationship. I, I kind of like his redheaded stepchild these days. You know, uh, you know, he calls me fat. I pick on his big nose, uh, but it's all, oh, in, it's all in do fun. Um, and hey, Tier, what you say when I'm not around? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, so, and obviously we say some more uh, rated X things to each other too probably. But uh, anyways, um, he he really keeps me motivated. Even to today, you know, um, you know, he'll pull me in the office and he's always got that next idea, that next thought in his head. And not all of them are great, but he's always thinking and he's always trying to, you know, to change and, and keep changing with times. Um, and uh, I respect that. And what he really did for me is he showed me the way, you know, like – uh, what's the saying? You can lead a, a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink it. Well, I drank the hell out of that water, right? And right. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I did, right? Uh, but he, he helped me. He got me there, and uh, and I, I owe him everything for it. You know, like it's uh, that's why I came back, you know, and, and started the brokerage with him because uh, I had that much respect for him. So, and and I'll tell you what, when we started in like August of 2017 until now, it's it's been such a an amazing experience so far. Um, and it's been busy and for how fast we've grown and the rapid growth and the successes that we've had and I say we but it's uh, I'm just a monkey behind a computer it's 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 you guys no, you're it's a you, huge you, you are, thank you sir but it's it's you you and the men and women that work at this brokerage are so fantastic how do you guys balance work and life i mean that work life balance is Im- so important i mean you 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 can't be all work and no play as much as we love to say that you have to have that balance where do you find it well, we definitely we definitely play. Uh, you were at our uh, Dave and Buster's <laughs> no. event. You were at our Dave and Buster's fit. event on, on, on Friday, and I think uh, a handful of us didn't leave until they were pretty much closing the place. What? What? And there was an open bar there for a while. So yeah, I definitely want to play and have fun, uh, and we do that a couple times a year. 
Um, when it comes to my personal life, uh, I probably don't balance it as well as I should, uh, to be honest with you, but I am about to leave for a cruise, so, um, you know, but I'll have my laptop with me, and if the Wi-Fi doesn't work, I'm blowing up the cruise ship, and you guys will see me on the TV, um, you know, very soon. No, I've already told them I'm going to go through extra security (laughs) for it, uh, it is what it is. Uh, I am now on a watch list somewhere, I guarantee I it. I guarantee it. Uh, I probably know. am by association. Thanks for that one. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's it's one of those things where um, I'm never fully disconnected. And uh, I don't know if I really could. Like, people tell me, oh, just, just put everything away for a while. And it's like, nah, no. You know, like, I'm not going to. You it's know, even it's... hard for me to. Yeah. No, and, and I know not to, you know, and I'm sorry not to cut you off, but even just on the marketing side, like when, when any of you guys, whether it was you, Alex, any of the agents, whenever, or the advisors, when they send me anything, uh, Saturday, Sunday, 3 o'clock in the morning, it doesn't matter when, you know, I, I typically want to try and get on it right then or at least see what it's about. I mean, there's times where my daughter will come up to me and yank the laptop out of my lap on like a weekend day and be like, no, dad, you're, you're not working today. You're going to spend some time with me. You know what I mean? She's knowing that I'm overworking myself and stuff. But it's hard not to. It's hard not to. Uh, and, you know, I realize how uh, vitally important, you know, my role is as is everybody's role yeah. to our company, to our growth. And I, I try – I do some things. Like I put – I I'll, Sundays I'll check my email in the morning and then I don't check my email the rest of the day unless there's something urgent going on like an offer situation because I do still sell a little bit of real estate because uh, I have to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, – you know, I, I, I schedule a family fun night every Wednesday night, uh, take the kids and the wife out. Uh, we do something as a family. It could even just be walking around shopping, grocery shopping right. or something, but we're doing it as a family. It's you know? important. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm trying to – my goal this year is to take three vacations, which I'll be on number one, and I have another one scheduled for June and another one, I think, scheduled for October. So. Which would be a Cowboys game, I'm guessing. Oh, I'm going to two Cowboys games this year. Jeez, of course actually. you are. Uh, course yeah, course so I'll be going to one with my. I'm taking my daughter uh, to a Cowboys game. My wife and my daughter nice. are going to go, and then uh, my my buddy Dave, who I think you've met I before haven't. at Fantasy Football, um, he's going to be going to a Bills game, whether he likes it or not. Bills Cowboys in Dallas this year, um, so he's a Bills fan. Uh, okay. Even if I have to float him to to get him there, I'm going to get him there one way or another, right. and we're going to go have some fun. So. So good. You, you definitely do keep that work-life balance alive. So then you, you're, you're working your tail off all the time. You're still you're still keeping the balance in. You're working out. You're having some fun. You're getting out. You're having some, you know, you're getting your adult life. You're getting your family life. Kind of getting everything going while still, but you know, you know, busting your backside in the process. So what does retirement look like for you? Because it's, I mean, you know, and I like that you laugh at that because there's a lot of people that don't have that off switch, you know, I mean, they they don't see retirement. It's just go, go, go until the day that they drop. And, and so what do you envision retirement? Do you, do you see yourself, you know, like weekend at Bernie's on that Island with like the sunglasses on and the Hawaiian shirt, you know, with a pina colada in your hand, or are you going to be the guy that, that is just constantly, even if it's just a little side project just to keep you busy? So, uh, retirement, I guess I can blame my grandfather for this. Uh, he's obviously no longer with us. He's my great grandfather, actually. My son's named after him. His name is Roman. Uh, and he the told, Empire. yeah, he told me, uh, you know, the day you retire is the day you start dying. Mm-hmm. And for some reason that resonated with me. Uh, plus I've always been just a workaholic as it is. So I'll probably never fully retire. I, what I would envision is 
maybe um, making it so that I could do a lot of my business remotely and do a lot of traveling. I could I could really get in on that. I, I would love to have season tickets to the Cowboys someday to where I, at, you know, eight weekends a year I'm, I'm in Dallas. Um, you know, I, I do love to go to warm destinations, uh, hang out on the beach, but maybe I'll just have my laptop with me, you know, right. and maybe I'll be able to do some different things. But uh, I don't think I'll ever fully stop unless if, like, my health or something else makes me stop. And isn't that the, kind of the beauty of what we do too is that you know we can still take vacations and work while we're on vacations. And nobody wants to do a work vacation per se, but sometimes you just need to get out of Pittsburgh for a couple of days and you can still work to some capacity while you're out. Well, if I didn't have a wife and kids, I probably would never leave Pittsburgh because <laughs> I just I want to work all the time. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, the cool thing about our, our – well, I guess it's a cool and not cool thing about our profession is – the cool thing is you can work while you're away. The the not so cool thing is like when we had a W two, well, when we had a, a career at at you know a wireless yes. company and we had eight weeks of vacation a year, which was the one benefit I can remember that I really liked there. Um, you know, I was getting paid to not be so, there, right. Uh, right. which I think you almost needed that in that particular field because you know we had people screaming at us and calling us names and threatening our lives on a daily basis for twelve hours a day for twelve or hours more, a day on more. our feet, you know, the whole oh, nine yards. Man. Um, I can only uh, imagine how much we actually needed that. You always said, like, I wonder why they're giving us eight weeks of vacation a year, but um, probably because they knew that otherwise they were going to be losing employees to suicide and other and crazy black, things. Then they'd black out half the year so you couldn't even take your vacation out. <laughs> yeah, then they'd black out. It'd be like air miles, you know, that yeah. you, you're blacked out anytime it's it's ever good to be to be doing something. So. Um, but yeah, I, I think that um, there's some great things with flexibility, but there's also some not great things because when you're gone, you're, you're definitely not making money or you're at least giving probably a portion of your commission away to somebody who can show some houses for you while you're gone, stuff like that. I think it's the pros and cons of any career path or job that you choose to take. Like I, I look back and I want to get your opinion on this before we get into a speed round of fun stuff about Ian Hoover because we're going to wrap this up here shortly. But I always look at it as um, I, I used to have jobs. You know, whether it was uh, working in wireless, whether it was wherever, I, I had jobs. I always thought they were, you know, leading to a career, but it was really just a job. Punching the time clock, you're there, you're you're in somebody's uniform for eight hours, nine hours, twelve hours, whatever it is. Then you go punch your time clock, you go back home. Um, I almost feel like it takes a special kind of person to do what we do because there are pros and cons to everything. However. And there's sacrifices that are involved with, with both styles, whether you're in a private sector or public sector, it doesn't really matter. I feel the pros definitely outweigh the cons, cons being, you know, maybe you might not make as much when you're on vacation, but you, you know, might have to work while you're on vacation, but at least you're out of town for a day. You know what I mean? Some people don't, you know, wait it that way. Um, what would you say some of the, the biggest pros of what we do versus what you were doing before as being, again, a very, very successful Businessman, when it came to the wireless industry, that really didn't have to leave the wireless industry, had a game plan set up. It just, you know, you are a very driven person, so I knew, you know, you wanted to get, you wanted to climb the ladder, you know, quicker than they were going to allow you to do so. So, but there's still going to be pros and cons of each. What would you say the biggest pros are when it comes to working for yourself, being an entrepreneur, you know, really chasing that dream of the American dream of the financial freedom to kind of not necessarily call your own shots, but in a way call your own shots. You know what, uh, pros, obviously I, I don't really have anybody to answer to, which other than my, my clients, you know, you got to answer your, your wife. clients. 
My wife, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, but she's she's sure pretty appreciate that. she's pretty good at uh, being flexible with me as well, though. To be honest with you, so you really don't have anybody to answer to. But I think that the, the to me the the most beneficial thing uh, is uh, you get to create a financial independence for yourself to where you know you you can make a real in this business you can make a really good living. You know, it might take you 10 years to the point when you're finally making a really good living, but you can make a really good living. And when you make a really good living, uh, that allows you to employ others, that allows you to go on some vacations, it allows you to do some other things that you may not have been able to do. Like, for instance, when I was in wireless, we were making okay money, uh, but I wouldn't have been able to drop like, you know, uh, $8,000 on a cruise or something like that. Right, uh, right. Or at least not as consistently as I can now. Right. I'm not saying that I'm wealthy or anything, but. Um, you, you know, can enjoy the fruits of your labor. Yeah, yeah, they got a little bit more money coming in. I got some wonderful tax write-offs uh, thanks to uh, some new tax laws and stuff like that that uh, can make things a little bit better too, right? And you know, I own some some rental property, which helps create some consistent cash flow uh, coming in. So there's a lot of benefits that go into it, but um, you, it's a business. It's it's work. It's yeah, but there's pros and cons to everything. But I definitely, uh, you could probably pay me an obnoxious sum of money and I would not go back to what I was doing. No, never in a million years. No, no. I'm not, I'm not cookie cutter enough to be in trapped inside that box. Yeah. Sorry. Some of us aren't, aren't built that way. I'm not built that way. I, I work better. I work better outside of the bubble. Right. I but I, I will say, um, if I, you know, as our company grows and we, at some point we're going to become more corporate, yeah, right? We're going to be the bubble. Um, and, uh, it, it's a matter of time. I'm going to hopefully remember where I came from and remember that um, you know our employees are important, mm-hmm. and try and reward our employees as much as possible. Throw cool company events mm-hmm. and have fun, um, and because uh, at the end of the day, that's really the most the thing I, I felt most strong about was that the in 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 wireless we weren't really they didn't care they had our they replacement lined up for oh, us absolutely. if we ever left we were replaced in no Cogs time. Uh, yeah, we were just another person, another number on their wall, and I don't want our advisors, our, uh, I don't want our employees, I don't want our vendors, I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're just another number, and I, I want to continue that as we grow. And I think that ties into your vision of changing the industry as well, like having a completely different vision about what an advisor slash realtor slash agent should be, um, commission structures, different things like that that you provide for, for your employees that are much different than what other brokerages out there are doing. Um, you are seeing. I mean, I, I do think that you are trying to to change the industry, and and again, not not reinvent it, just tilt it, flex it, just flex it a little bit, bend it, flex the muscles a little bit. What's the what was the Mr. like the the bendy dude we had as a kid that we used to just like pull all the way across? Stretch the, Armstrong. Stretch Armstrong. Stretch yeah. Armstrong. We're just stretching it a little bit. All right, let's see. Jeez. So now what we got here, we're at about the 50-minute mark. So, so let's, way overdue. We're about, this we're, is way too much Ian Hoover. We're, no, this sure. is all the Ian Hoover. We need all the Ian Hoover we need. About. Listen, we're going to do a speed round. Um, I skipped over some questions that I, you know, I didn't want to be too repetitive, things of that nature. But we wanted to know a little bit more about you. Um, I know you want Cowboys season tickets. I want Oakland Raiders season tickets, but I think my window is closing on that one. Um, and that's for You're just going to be team. hanging out in Vegas, that's all. Uh, notice I said Oakland Raiders. That's what I said. <laughs> no, I was the second one. But all right, listen. Um, we're going to enter a blitz round. You do this with everybody else. There's no reason why I'm not doing it with you because okay. I can hold your feet to the fire more sure. than anybody else. Um, so let's see. Um, what What is your favorite technology tool? You know what? Um... 
the the Google Enterprise of, of things uh, has been great for me. It's I've fantastic. actually I've actually given up uh, Microsoft Word and Excel, and I'm just using Google Docs nowadays. I have my email set up, um, stuff like that. But I, I will say that uh, they've also added some features. Like when you're in Gmail, they have like a little task uh, button you can click, and you have like a checklist. Uh, and then they have Google Keep is right mm-hmm. there too. Uh, I'm a big Google Keep person, always trying to keep my notes and. Uh, you know, off the wall business ideas I have, anything that comes to my mind, I'm, I have it on my phone, I have it on my computer. Um, but I, uh, real estate involved uh, recently, um, Sean actually turned me on. He went to a class. We have HomeSnap, is uh, a new tool for our MLS that's um, partnered with our MLS. And uh, the one thing I do within that is I'm always looking up other agents, right? Um, I'm, uh, so like if I'm doing having a transaction with an agent, like right off the bat, I'm just, there's a, a little thing we can just search their name and I can pull up their last 24 months of production. So right off the bat, I know is this a brand new person I'm dealing with? Is this an experienced agent I'm dealing with? I know who I'm dealing with. But mm-hmm. then in turn, because my job now is recruiting mode, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a recruiter, essentially. A trainer and a recruiter is my number one job right now uh, with owning a, a business. Uh, I, in turn, use that as a recruiting tool, right? I run into an agent, I pull them up, they fit our bubble because, again, we, we know what we are and we know what we're not. So we're not going to be able to go and recruit um, a $60 million producer right now, uh, number one, because they wouldn't they wouldn't agree to what we're doing right. you know, on yeah. the media side, which, again, I'm not going to speak too much on that. Nope. Um, but the other <laughs> side of it is a lot of those people own percentages of their office and stuff like that too. So it's like why would they leave an ownership situation to come work for us it's probably never going to work but what we can do is we can build that 60 million dollar producer and that's what i'm focused on and i use home snap to be like okay this person fits my bubble it's it's a recruiting candidate um and that's that's one tool i've been using recently that i love but otherwise the google suites i've switched from being a microsoft to a google person and i'm i'm loving it and the reason why we're not going to give you all the tricks and trades of, of what we do here at Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is because uh, to quote the the proficient uh, philosopher Lil Wayne, "Real G's move in silence like lasagna." So, uh, Ian, you went there. Okay. I had to go there. I wanted to slip it in, man. All right. So, uh, second question: What is your favorite real estate book? I know you already hit upon it, but. Well, um, I look at uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad as a business book, for okay. say. Uh, while there is some real estate in there, I would say my favorite real estate book. Uh, I do love the art of the deal, whether he wrote it or not. Um, I, I just, you know, the. I think you just said he wrote it. We could say Trump on here. It doesn't matter people's yeah, affiliation to that. Sure. Put it to the side. It's, if it's a good book, whether he wrote book, it or yeah, not, it's, it's a great book, and there's great content mm-hmm. in there. Um, and he, I, he's Voldemort. He <laughs> <laughs> can't say his name. Uh, yeah. But uh, so I do love that book, and uh, if you're just trying to become a successful real estate agent, uh, you have to read Gary Keller's book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. It kind of spells out this is how you are a successful agent. This is how you build teams. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. So um, as an industry book, uh, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. If you weren't in now, and see, and you're not an agent, so let's say if right now, if you were not um, co-owner and broker of record for Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors, what would you be doing? And actually, I'm going to reframe this because this is going to be a little bit more fun to get to know Ian, Ian S. Hoover over here. Let's say you weren't in real estate at all right now. Okay. What would Ian Hoover, like, what is your dream? Because, and I want you to have the same determination, the same gusto, the same, you know, what what would your dream passion be? If you could pick one job out of, you know, career path out of anywhere, what would it be? 
Well, the scary thought is if I wasn't in real estate, I probably would still be in wireless. That's Ooh, a scary man. thought. Yeah, that's right. Uh, however, if I was going off of a dream, um, I would, I don't know, something to do with, with sports. I really enjoy I sports. I can see myself coaching. Um, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, my work ethic, I guess, would probably put me in the bubble of what coaches do and stuff like that. Plus, it's kind of what you what you do anyway. Yeah, it's kind of what I do anyways. I, I'm a, I love football. I love basketball. Um, you know, I, I don't know enough about hockey or soccer or uh, some other sports to coach those. Yeah, football. Uh, I, I don't know enough about those sports, but I, f- football and basketball, I could probably be a coach there. Yeah. What is your favorite hobby? My favorite hobby, uh, I mean, you've. You busted my balls about it a couple times. It's the Dallas Cowboys, no doubt about it. Um, I'm a pro wrestling nerd, so it's you know, and I I wear nerd like a badge of honor. So. Like it's the off season, and I'm checking the app like three times a day to see if like Jerry Jones flexed his peck or something throughout the day. Like I don't know, I just some some weird stuff with me and the Dallas Cowboys. I can't even explain it. Uh, but that's I, important though, right? Yeah. I think everybody needs that that hobby or that side passion to just to break the monotony of work, 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 work. We need yes. that distraction. And, uh, you, you know, the thing is, is that when my clients try and contact me during a Cowboys game, I just tell them I have an appointment. It's not wrong. I have an appointment to sit on my ass in front of the television <laughs> and watch my team lose like they always do, right? Yeah, so, same with my um, But uh, that's my passion. Uh, I, and now, I'm, you know, because of what our industry has, has given me and I've been lucky enough to be a part of, I now can afford to maybe go to a game once a year and stuff like that and have Jerry Jones sign my jersey and uh, have some cool things like that. Going, so. I like that you don't even go for a player. It's like Jerry Jones signed my jersey. Well, I mean, he's a businessman, right? Like, I, would, I would do the same with Al Davis. It, if Al was still yeah. alive, I'd do the same with Al. So like, I can't. I'm not throwing stones there. You know, my dream job, maybe not coaching. Maybe it'd be owner of a football team, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, like. Yeah, nobody wants to know what my dream job would be. Um, Let me see. <laughs> let me see. So what would. Deuce Bigelow? I don't know. What's, what's your that? dream job? No, honestly, I, when, when I was a little kid, I was fortunate enough to do it for, for one night only, but um, I always wanted to, to be an entertainer, be like a commentator, be something involved with the world of professional wrestling, be a manager, not an actual wrestler themselves, but a voice box, somebody that would be able to trigger a crowd, booze, cheers, whatever you want to do. To me, the ability to turn 20,000 people and have them flip on you on a dime is just talent beyond talent. That's psychology. I can see you being a Joe Rogan. Something like that, yeah, yeah. I can do that. Yeah, a Mark Marin is probably more of my style. I, I see my as I get older, I'm slowly morphing into Mark Marin. And now that we've hired a, an intern underneath me who looks exactly like Mark Marin's intern on his uh, his assistant <laughs> on his show, if anybody out there has seen it, now I realize I am slowly really turning into Mark Marin. Um, but all right, so what is your what is your we got your favorite hobby? We got you know some of your what, what favorite things to do outside of work. What's your we've talked about vacations. This is the last one. What's your dream vacation? My dream vacation would be a staycation. I would, I would uh, maybe have uh, you know some some time with my kids, maybe some time away from my kids, right. uh, and just like maybe people think I'm on vacation, but I'm really not. I'm like I actually would get to work on my house or something, you know, That's like a nice thing. some little things like that could go a long way. I, I think right now that would be a dream vacation, um, but a, a eventually long term. Uh, I would like to get into like you know go to Ireland, go to Scotland, see some I of my uh, you know see some of my heritage essentially, uh, and and try and tap into that a little bit. Um, you know, my wife wants to go to Italy, tap into her heritage a little bit. So I could see us doing some international traveling at some point. Um, you know, if, if the Cowboys ever do a game in like 
London or something. I'll sure I'll maybe I was go to that. hoping you weren't going to go there because I was actually about to compliment you and say I thank you so much for not going towards the direction of well if the Cowboys ever make the Super Bowl you know I'd have to go there for Listen. that vacation. Okay, this is a little behind the curtains <laughs> look. Okay, but if you talk to my wife or anybody you know, Stop. you know that it's way too bad. Like I even planned on like, you know, when I I can't have a kid that would be born during football season uh, because like, and, and my son was borderline. He's born August 9th. Like that could interfere with some Hall of Fame game mm-hmm. stuff. You know, like oh wow. um, yeah, no, there's there's definitely some things that like I I yeah, it's, it's bad. I have a problem. It's okay. So we, we all have all problems. Have we all have our things. We I, all have problems. I watch, again, I watch more professional wrestling like, than, than anybody should. Right? If my wife asked me to choose between her and the Dallas Cowboys, it would be a very difficult decision. Oh. Yes. Oh, that con- I'm <laughs> leaving that one alone. <laughs> she knows it, too. That's I'm the thing. leaving that one alone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know where I'm with that What was one. the uh, the Boston Red Sox movie with like Drew Barrymore and stuff where he was like... Uh, I don't know. Jimmy Fallon was in it, so I chose not to watch it. Maybe um, I'm like a totally less corny version of that, but you know. What was that called? Fever Pitch? Yeah, Fever Pitch. That's Something it. like that? Yeah. Less corny. Um, or more corny, I yeah, guess. Or more corny. On, depending on how you look at it. No, listen, so we, we, did, we went about an hour. We did a little bit longer than what we planned. We planned about a half hour, 45, but I wanted to get a lot of information out of you, Ian, and, and the reason why is because, and I know you're pressed for time, and that's why we're going to wrap right now, is because... You know, you're always fine. You're talking about other people. You're getting to know other people, other agents, other professionals, other you know uh, investors, other lenders. I mean, you're really bringing networking and bringing into the fold for all of our listeners out there um, a lot of really great information. But we've never really touched upon you without you know you kind of adding on to a story of, of from one of your guests. So that's why I kind of from the very jump was like, hey, when am I going to interview you on this so that we can get to know you? I'm glad that we finally got a chance to do this. I think this is uh, we're with us getting you know ready to branch out with the second office and, and uh, with the requirement. I think this is a great time to get to know you a little bit better. Um, is there anything else that you'd want to say to anybody listening out there that might take professional advice, uh, personal advice, anything that any trash talk that you want to talk about the Steelers? I mean, any fun little things you might you know something right now that you know we we took a lot in today. Uh, had a little fun, talked a little business, did a little bit of everything, talked about your past, had a little fun that inside jokes that people out there won't get. But, um, you know, if there's one lesson that you really want people to learn from from this hour that they heard us talk, laugh, joke, and, and conversate, what, what's the one important bullet point you want them to take home? Take action. Just take action. Like, if you if you really want to do it, just do it right. Take action. And, uh, and and be motivated and go after it and, and get what you got to get you know like that's that's what you have to do don't don't half ass it you know if you're gonna quit your job or get into the real estate business or get into marketing business or change any career that's really, like a big gamble doing this stuff yeah yeah I mean you know if you're gonna take a gamble then you better do it right mm-hmm. you know you better really take action be ready and, to struggle and for a minute take a hundred no's and mm-hmm. just keep going and keep going and people are going to tell you you're crazy and you just got to keep moving and keep going forward and eventually you'll sit back and go wow we did something it was worth it it was worth it you know and we're in the very beginning stages of being able to say like we're making we made the right move right. Um, I can't wait till 10 years down the road when we can sit back and go like Wow, it was worth it. Can you, you know? believe where we went from there? You know, because yeah. again, it takes ten years to become an overnight success. I always preach that too. Yeah. And to think that that you know where we're already at, looking back, going like, wow, already, it's it, it's it's scary to think in five, ten years what we might be saying 
about the finished product, so to speak. Absolutely. And anybody listening could do the same thing, you know, and they just got to take action. So that would be my one thing. Ian, this one was a long time coming, good brother. I, I am so glad that, that you took the time out of your busy day to, to record this hour. Um, this is where you want to look for us before we do our final sign-offs, guys. Our website is dhrea.com. That's where you're going to find all of our agents, all of our advisors. It's where you're going to find Ian's information, find all of our listings there. Uh, all of our podcasts are on there. We have all of our uh, blog posts. I mean, you name it. We're, we're really, we make it a one-stop shop for your real estate needs and even sometimes your entertainment and just fun blog type of stuff needs, home improvement type stuff. Uh, we're going to be getting that back going very, very soon. Um, follow Ian on, and our, De- our Deacon Hoover sites on social media. Twitter, Instagram, uh, this is where you're going to find us, at Deacon Hoover. Uh, that's on YouTube as well. Uh, that's Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, find Ian on LinkedIn. Find him as Ian S. Hoover on Twitter, Instagram, and, or, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook now. Uh, any other outlets you are, Bigger Pockets? Bigger Pockets, uh, probably more. I just can't think straight. And... I think, yeah, there's so many now that it's, yeah. it's it, they blend all together. It's like mine now. I don't even know what like Tumblr is, or uh, I think I'm on Pinterest, but I never use it. Yeah, know. Tumblr, I haven't really. Pinterest is, is out there, Tumblr is kind of there. There's so many. I get emails that people are pinning me on stuff. I don't know what that means. It sounds painful, though. It, doesn't sound like I want it to happen. I don't. Just like it's funny how remember when we were kids growing up, it's like make sure nobody's following you. Now it's like, hey, how come you're not following me? We're such a weird, weird society now. Yeah, extremely weird. Now listen, guys, please subscribe to this podcast. Leave reviews. If there's questions that you guys have, you know, you can you can email Ian directly, Ian at dhrea.com um, or Ian at ianhoover.com. Either way, um, you can email me, adamdaily13 at gmail.com. Um, not only about this podcast, but about any of Alex Deacon's podcasts. If there's topics that you want us to cover on that end of things, um, if you'd like to be a guest on this show, reach out to either myself or Ian here. Uh, we would. We're glad to book you on the show. We're going to be doing some recordings coming up here over the next couple weeks, the next couple months. We really want to get some some really quality guests, and we'd love to have you guys on the show. Um, and again, find us all over the web. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to this this hour-long Get to Know Ian Hoover session. I think this was long overdue. This was our 15th episode. Um, I know that's not really a milestone, but when it's a one-on-one interview type show, it, you know we're going to say 15 something special. Sure. And anytime you're involved with something special anyway, Ian, so... I, I wouldn't go that far. Ah. Special is in like uh, licking windows and stuff. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Not in that kind of special. Um, as, as I sit here as a host, it's just, I'm, dodge, I'm dodging it like the Matrix, baby. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Keanu Reeves in a leather jacket right now. Um, but guys, listen, we hope you, we got, you got some laughs out of this, got a lot of information out of this. And listen, just keep on the grind, stay motivated, stay motivated. And, and remember, the hustle will pay off. Trust the process. For Ian... For everybody else here at Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors, we greatly appreciate you. This has been the 15th episode of the Realtor Nation Podcast. Like we said, share, subscribe, tell everyone you know about it, and then uh, contact us if you'd like to be booked on the show. We thank you guys so much for all your time on this, and we will see you next time.